is running toward me with every glance in the mirror, faster and faster, in the faces of my mother, my grandmother, me. Every time I look in the mirror now, I see the little squinty lines around my eyes, the creases of my smile lines, a sleepy pillow mark on my cheek. As a child, I used to gaze into my mother's face and look at all those lines, sometimes pulling them smooth with my fingers. Now those same lines are etched into my face, etchings of time, etchings of smiling, laughing, loving, frowning, crying. Time leaving permanent marks on my face. Time is running toward me. Welcome back, Storystone listeners. Yes, time is running towards me. That was the first paragraph I ever wrote and recorded for this podcast. It was just the beginning of this fun time with you. Two years and 30 episodes later, it is now time to say goodbye. This has been the hardest episode for me to write. I am not a procrastinator by nature, but I have only given myself four days to get this written, recorded, edited, and published. Yikes, why did I do that to myself? As I thought about this question, I realized it's because I hate, I mean, I hate goodbyes. Come to think of it, I will do just about anything to try to avoid a goodbye. I like to just say, see you later, instead of goodbye. Goodbye is so final, and I hate seeing a good thing go. Hate saying goodbye to a wonderful friendship, a loved one, a pet, a co-worker, a home, a job, a podcast. I just can't stand the finality of it all, but today, I'm going to try to push myself into the uncomfortable zone and embrace the goodbye. Goodbyes come in all different forms. They can be good or bad. Right now, summer is in full swing, and we had to say goodbye to the cool spring days. But with that also came the excitement of what that meant. Saying hello to days on the lake with cousins, a week on the beach, no school, summer camp, and sleeping in. Goodbyes can be bittersweet, where the sadness of the goodbye is mingled with the excitement of something new. There are times you just can't wait for the goodbye since you know better things are coming. And then sometimes a goodbye is just all bad, nothing good coming from it. So in my struggle of trying to decide what stories to tell, I was asking my coworkers about their thoughts on goodbyes. If they had anything they had to say goodbye to that ended either good or bad, Harry piped in, as always. He said, I had to say goodbye to the projects. Man, that was such a good goodbye. Like the good reporter I have turned into, I probed Harry with questions, and this is how it went. Do you remember the story from the episode entitled Fear, the Little Menace, where I told about my coworker Harry watching his manager at the grocery store die from a gunshot wound right in front of his eyes? How that incident gave Harry the motivation he needed to get out of the projects for good. Well, he did have some help getting out of the projects. That help or should I also say example, came from his mother. She worked as an insurance claims agent and eventually wound up finding a job that gave her the income and resources to buy a house. Harry said, Today living off the government has become a way of life. But back when I was a kid, it was embarrassing to be on welfare. 
It was embarrassing to have to use food stamps. We did everything we could to get out of government housing. The day Harry moved out of the projects, out of the hood, there was no regret. No bittersweetness there. Not one single part of him was sad saying goodbye to his old apartment and neighborhood. As he closed the door to the dingy little apartment for the last time and walked to the car saying goodbye to the place that had a huge role in shaping who he was, he was filled with such joy. That goodbye for Harry was filled with sweet victory. Victory of sacrifice and struggle that paid off. Such a wonderful goodbye. But it's not always like that now, is it? Sometimes we cling to things we shouldn't, thinking we will miss it so much we can't live without it. Then we find what we have now is so much better. I will never forget the day I had to scrap my little bright blue Nissan Versa for parts after it broke down past the point of repairing it. (laughs) The upholstery was stained from grubby little fingerprints and accidental spills. As the kids and I emptied our items from it into the rental car that day, they both started to cry. Why are you guys crying? I asked in shock. Ian piped up. I'm going to miss the blue car. I don't want to get rid of it. Even after explaining to them that we were going to get a brand new car that was bigger and nicer, they still cried all the way home. I remember little Ava reaching her arms out to it as we pulled away, crying like her little heart was broken. Then, of course, later that week, those silly little kids couldn't stop wiggling with joy and excitement as we pulled away from the dealership in our brand new Honda Accord. Do you pine for a car you had to get rid of? Wishing you could have kept it? When we were out on the lake last week with my sister and brother-in-law, I posed the question of goodbyes to them, trying to glean just a little more content for this episode. Rick did talk about how he hated seeing all his cars go. He wished he could still have all the cars he ever owned. Oh, Bonnie, don't roll your eyes. I mean, then you'd have an old car for each of your kids to drive. Now, wouldn't you? (laughs) Okay, okay, it's not realistic, and we all know that. But we do tend to get nostalgic when we think of the things we had to say goodbye to. Just the other day, my boyfriend Donnie had to say goodbye to his washer. (laughs) Who would have thought that it would be a hard thing to do, getting rid of an old washer? But some things we say goodbye to are filled with so many memories, it makes it difficult. So why did he have a hard time pushing that washer to the street, knowing it would be gone within a couple of hours, pillaged by the local handyman driving past on that country road? Well, that washer was filled with the memory of buying his first house. His father, who passed away three years ago, gifted it to him as a housewarming present, knowing his son would have difficulty making the large item purchase with a toddler and a baby on the way. The washer came as a gift of love then was filled with love every time Donnie did the laundry. He remembered all the sweet little baby clothes he washed. Every year he watched as the clothes he pulled from the washer got bigger and bigger. Until before he knew it, the years had crept by and suddenly the clothes were just regular adult clothes. And then soon those clothes left. Only the whispers of memories were left as he would pull only his clothes from the washer and throw them into the dryer. 
The purchase of a new washer was exciting. He had to show me the top is glass and you can peer into it and watch the clothes go around in the bubbles and water. And such a quiet washer that can hold so much. But there sat his old washer in the garage, sitting as a quiet reminder of days gone by. Rolling that broken-down 22-year-old washer to the side of the road was a bittersweet goodbye. See, this is why I ask all of you these simple questions. The simple things you would never think of as podcast-worthy can truly become a wonderful story that we connect with. Now, do you want to know what story Bonnie told me as we sat and watched the kids wakeboard last weekend? It made us laugh so hard that we had tears in our eyes. Even Rick got to laughing as he reminisced over this one. Several years back, they owned a cat named Leo. He was a nice, big, beautifully striped brown tabby cat. Long and lanky and very panther-like. Well, anyway, he lived outside most of the time, coming inside for the occasional nap on the back of the sofa. Being a mostly outdoor cat meant that when they went away on vacation, they could just leave him with an automatic feeder and he would be fine. That is the beauty of a mostly outdoor cat. (laughs) They are just so independent. After a long weekend away, Rick turned the car off the main road and right at the entrance to their long private driveway was the carcass of a cat. Squished flat like a pancake, dried in the sun, crispy on the edges even. But there was the very distinct markings on that flattened fur of Leo. Bonnie sucked in a deep breath and said, Oh, poor kitty. They pulled the car around his body and sadly drove to the house, knowing good and well the shovel of death would have to be used that day. (laughs) You know, that same shovel that you have to pull out of the storage closet in the garage every time a small animal burial must happen. They loaded the back of the golf cart with the shovel and a cardboard box. Rick headed down the driveway by himself as Bonnie sniffled and tried to hold back the tears to show her children that everything was okay, but she was failing miserably. We must pause for just a minute, though, to explain one key factor in this story. Rick hates cats. So there he was, stuck shoveling the flattened, by now smelling cat, into a box to bury it when he would have been perfectly happy just pushing it off the side of the road for the vultures. But Rick, being the sweet husband that he is, did the right thing and retrieved Leo for Bonnie and the kids. They went to the edge of the backyard and he started digging a hole. Here in Tennessee, it always seems like the ground is hard and full of roots from the surrounding trees. Digging a hole big enough for a cat in a box is not an easy task. It took some backbreaking work. There was Rick, sweating in the humidity of the end of the summer weather, Bonnie still wiping tears from her eyes as she picks the box up to place it in the hole, when suddenly they hear a meow from behind them. They turn around in shock. What? Leo? Is that you? Bonnie's mouth dropping open as she set the box down. Leo stretched in the sun and lazily walked over to the hole, sniffed it, sniffed the side of the box and said, Meow? Rick grumbled, You have got to be kidding me. (laughs) Sometimes we think we are saying goodbye and we just wind up saying hello again, don't we? 
Last Sunday, we had a Father's Day breakfast at church before the service started. Ava and I got to sit there eating some delicious food and sip on some yummy coffee while we enjoyed the conversation from the elderly members. As with many churches across America, mine is one of those churches that is slowly dying. Sad, I know, but it's true. The average age at my church is 75. Mm, Maybe it's closer to 80. (laughs) Anyway, I'm the youngest adult and the oldest is 93. But I have always had a love for the elderly, so it doesn't bother me. I'm an old soul, and so is Ava. Catherine and her husband, Jimmy, are both in their early 90s. They are independent and still very active, just like my grandparents used to be. They have lived in Robertson County their entire lives and know just about everyone. As Catherine was enjoying her blueberry biscuit that I had bought from Bojangles, she talked about how she was one of the few people she grew up with that was still alive, even though many of those that already died were younger than her. And here she is, still kicking and going strong. Why is that, she pondered. Why is it that she made it longer than all of the rest? Hmm. We all sat there chewing and pondering the question. No one had a good answer. Then she looked up from across where she sat, looking at Jack and said, You know, Jack, you were just the cutest little boy. (laughs) Jack chuckled, saying, well, I'm still cute, aren't I? We all laughed, and she said, no, really, he was just so cute. I remember how cute he was walking into my bridal shower with his mama. Just the cutest little boy ever. (laughs) Everyone in that room except for Ava has had to say goodbye to their youth. Time running forward, and suddenly there we all are, some with more wrinkles than others, talking about how cute we once were. I shared with them what Ava had just said to me the other day when she had found a wedding picture of me, beautiful and young at only 21 years of age. She had said, oh, mom, I just love this picture of you. You were so pretty. I laughed at her and said, hey, wait a second. You used the word were. You were so pretty. Am I at that age now where I get told, Oh my, you are just so lovely. You're right, Jack. You are still cute. (laughs) Don't worry, no offense was taken. And we all sat and had a good chuckle together. Then later in that breakfast, I asked for advice on getting rid of the moles in my front yard. Now, they are something I'd love to say goodbye to forever. And I promise I'd never miss them. Other than the emphatic word of advice from Jack that was move, I didn't get any good tips since it seems no matter how much you try to say goodbye to the moles, they just keep coming back. Yet again, the goodbye that just turns into a why hello again, like the squirrels at the camp I was a caretaker at. Let me tell you what I told my church members while we ate our Father's Day breakfast. There were always so many squirrels at the camp. They would make nests in the roofs of the cabins. It wouldn't have been a big deal, but they tended to chew holes in things, tear up mattresses to use the fluff in their nests, and boy, can they be noisy. The campers would complain of the noisy nests of squirrels in the attic of their cabin. So one of the other caretakers, Eric, would trap them in live traps. He would then hop in a boat and take the trap full of squirrels across the lake to the state campground and set them free. That cabin would remain squirrel-free for a couple of days, and then, bam, there they were back. 
Eric was certain those squirrels swam or walked back, and I'd laugh and say, no, they aren't. But he was so certain of this, he started to spray paint their tails with blue spray paint just to prove his theory. (laughs) Well, we never once saw a blue-tailed squirrel, so I guess he was wrong. And then Billy piped up at that point and said, well, he wasn't too crazy about that idea. Let me tell you what Billy told us. Billy and his wife, Naomi, have a lovely in-ground pool. It takes a lot of work to keep a pool nice and clean in the summer. So one summer, when a big, huge turtle decided to take up residence in the pool, Billy finally had enough. He took that turtle in his car down the road two miles to a nice, deep creek. He said goodbye to the turtle, thinking that that was the last he'd see of him, only to wake up two days later to find that same turtle swimming lazily in his sparkling clean pool. So that summer, they had a pool turtle. And that's not all. Another summer, there was a large bullfrog that claimed the pool. Yeah, a bullfrog. Billy took that bullfrog and walked down the steep hill at the edge of his backyard, taking that bullfrog to a small creek way down the hill, thinking to himself that there was no way the bullfrog would find his way back to the pool. Well, it wasn't even 30 minutes later, and what did he see? That giant bullfrog jumping up the steep hill and hopped right back into the pool. Well, hello there again, Mr. Bullfrog. Now comes the time in this podcast where we have to deal with the kind of goodbyes that I don't like and avoid like the plague. Those forever goodbyes. The kind of goodbyes that don't ever leave you feeling good about. We all have had to say goodbyes to someone or something for good. If you have hung out with me every month for these last two years, you know I've said goodbye to my grandma Mary. She was my last living grandparent. I've said goodbye to my sweet little doggy Oreo, my boyfriend's Nana dog Izzy. I've said goodbye to a lovely group of co-workers in hospital. I've said goodbye to my son's childhood. Ugh. Let's stop with that list right now and move on to the next story. Although since it's about saying a forever goodbye, brace yourself. Steal your soul just a little. Don't worry, I'm really trying not to make you cry. Too much anyway. Okay, let's get on with it. Paul, you remember that one who put the cow in the car? Was telling me about the typical things we all say goodbye to. And I was like, no, Paul, I know you have something more original than that. And sure enough, he did not disappoint. But let me preface this by saying, Paul has been in the operating room for over 20 years. Things that non-medical people find appalling are just normal everyday stuff for the likes of Paul and I. Anyway, Paul used to work with a nurse named Alan. I've had the pleasure of chatting a few times with Alan and Paul. Alan is a fun-loving man, quick-witted and always up for a good laugh. Alan has had his fair share of health problems. Plagued with diabetes for several years, Alan's body began to show the effects of chronically high blood sugars. It all started as a little sore on his big toe. Oh no, do you see where I'm going with this? Can you figure out what Alan had to say goodbye to? Yeah, infection set in, surgery, wound care clinic visits, dressing changes, you name it. Alan tried to combat the infection, but diabetes has this way of ruining the blood flow to the toes and feet, making healing from infection near impossible. The day came when Alan had to say goodbye to his toe, then another, then another, and another, and another. 
poor Alan. Through it all, though, he kept a positive attitude. Paul's daughter even made up a little song about saying goodbye to his toast to try to help cheer Alan up. I know, sounds morbid, but Alan has such a good sense of humor, and he got a good laugh out of it. And guess what, listeners? I have a recording of Paul's daughter singing that song. Let me share it with you. From nine to five, times what a way to make a living. Barely getting by, it's all taken and no giving. You just lose your mind, but the nurse won't seem to let me. Sometimes I swear the doctor's out to get me. Nine to five toes. Nine to five toes. Man, if that wasn't enough, eventually Alan had to say goodbye to the lower part of his leg. Amputations are the hardest thing for me to do in the OR. Grosses me out. And one time I was saying I couldn't do it, but the surgeon stopped everything he was doing and said, we all need to stop and think about this man's foot. Think about how cute his little foot was when he was born. How his mother kissed his little toes and googled over how cute they were. Think about how many places this foot has taken this man. He has been to war with this foot, been to college with this foot. This foot has been with him through it all. Let us say a word of thanks to this foot for all it was and has done for this man. Yeah, I almost started to cry at that point. Alan, you are a very strong man to be able to say goodbye to your foot and leg. What a sad goodbye. Okay, let's walk away from that sad thought and move on to one last story about saying goodbye forever. I will try to keep this one a little lighter and happier. Billy regaled us with one more story that Father's Day breakfast. It was about some pet squirrels he had when he was a boy. His father would go out and hunt squirrels for the supper table. He tried to only do it during the late summer and fall so that he wouldn't accidentally kill a mother that had little babies still in the nest. So it shocked him when he heard some noise coming from a nest in the tree where the squirrel came out of just before the shot. He felt bad about it, so he climbed up into the tree and rescued two little baby squirrels from the nest. They were newborns with their eyes still shut. He took them home and bottle-fed them. Billy loved those little baby squirrels. He said they would snuggle down in bed with him at night. And boy, can a squirrel be wild and fun, full of rambunctious mischief. My dad had a baby squirrel once and he had to get rid of it for the same reason Billy had to get rid of his squirrels. They began to climb the curtains. Those sharp little claws just shredded the curtains and Billy's mama, same as my grandma, said, that's it. Those squirrels have to go. But everyone loved those little guys, including his grandfather. His grandfather decided to build them a cage out on his screened in back porch. The squirrels lived in that cage for years. One passed away, but the other one just kept on going. He got so old and cranky, no one wanted to pet him because he was just so mean. So his grandfather would open the cage and let the squirrel run free out back in the woods, thinking the grumpy old squirrel just wouldn't come back. But apparently after being kept in captivity for so long, he didn't know how to find his own food. So every night, their grumpy old squirrel would be hanging on the outside of the screen door, squeaking and squealing to be let inside so he could have some supper and then go to bed in his cage. (laughs) Until one day, grumpy old squirrel just never came back home. I guess no one had to actually say goodbye to the squirrel, but still a goodbye for good that time. 
and I guess by that point, everyone was ready to say goodbye to the squirrel. Maybe that's where I am with this podcast. I have had so much fun with it, learned so many things, had amazing conversations with you all, went out on a limb and opened part of my soul to you. But now, I find the last few months I have been dreading writing the episodes. I love to write at times and I'm good at it, but it doesn't come easily. It's like running a marathon. I don't know how people write books. (laughs) Although I guess over these last two years, what I've written for these podcasts could fill an entire book. Maybe that's what I can do with all this content. Become a published author. Wouldn't that be fun to add to my resume? (laughs) I also have another fun idea that just might keep Storystone going in the future. I won't go into detail about that, but give me several months off from this and I just may surprise you. Maybe this will be the goodbye that ends in a hello again, just like the cat, turtle, and bullfrog. (laughs) In the meantime, I will be turning off my monthly listener-supporter auto-renewal. Thank you so much for my listener-supporters. You truly are amazing. The nice thing is, though, you still can go to Apple Podcasts or my website and listen to all the episodes of StoryStone as much as you like. My sweet nephew Freddie falls asleep every night listening to them. Wow, does my heart just swell with love when I think about that. I am excited to say goodbye to StoryStone for now because it will give me the free time and energy to be able to explore more of my quest with energy medicine. So, it is with sadness and excitement that I say goodbye to you. Goodbye to this lovely adventure that I hope soothed your soul, made you laugh, made you cry, and made you think as much as it did for me. In my truest avoidance of a goodbye, I say, until next time, dear listeners.